everybody. Frank in here again, and I'm here with my good friend and partner and esteemed colleague, Gary Beck. And today we're going to talk about the gut over here and the brain over there. And I'm laughing, Gary, because I can see my cat, my one cat. What, what are they doing today? I don't know. One cat's grooming himself. The other one's sacked out. It's crazy. It's, it's a home business, Gary. This is Garen Broadcast Studios, man. This is as real as it gets. I got the kids over there. Hopefully they're quiet. I've got two of the four cats here. Hopefully the dog doesn't bark. But we're going to talk about the gut and the brain. And do they have any relationship with each other? And if so, like how does the gut influence the brain? Um, and I started thinking about this. I'm like, well, does the gut, if the gut is like your, your most important part of your nervous system, so to speak, um, does, you know, does the gut address and affect things? So let me say it again, Gary. Does the gut affect things like depression, stress, anxiety, or, or mental well-being as a whole. This is probably going to be something we're going to have to cover in two or three sessions. So I'll just leave you that question. I've got I've got like a bunch of other things I want to ask you, but can you address that the gut-brain relationship and and how we can control and sort of maybe modify some of the things that we're experiencing by by taking better care of our gut, if that's even possible? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's a, it's a it's a massive field. Um, Frank and yeah, hi everybody. It's it's uh, we refer to this uh, gut brain connection as the gut brain access uh, is one term that's used. So it, it's it's suggestive of uh, the relationship between these two um, distant parts of the body, and the gut and the brain, and the brain and the intestine specifically are actually physically linked by the vagus nerve. Yeah, we've talked about that before. That sounds like a really important nerve, by the way. It, it, it is a very important nerve. It has lots of uh, connections right throughout the system. But interestingly, um, even though that's the, the key physical connection between the brain and the gut, uh, if the vagus nerve is, is cut or severed, right. the intestines will still work. So that's kind of weird. Um, so that suggests perhaps that that the intestines, in fact, have a mind of their own, um, which is kind of partly true. So if we can sort of come back, of course, our, we're now familiar with the term microbiome, and the microbiome is, is our center point of our immune system and home to 70% of our immune function. Right. And prolonged dysfunction in that area or a disturbed gut microbiota because of this communication pathways that goes backwards and forwards will affect the brain health. So that, that two way street brain to gut, gut to brain, it's, it's right. continually active, um, vagus nerve or not <laughs> funnily enough. So, um, yeah, we can certainly make uh, postulations or extrapolations that suggest that there is a, a significant connection. And, and the science proves this time and time again, that uh, as more research is done into the gut and the microbiome, uh, more discoveries are made as to the intricacies and the connections between these two key parts of our whole body's systems. Right. Okay. And... And, you know, so we know that there's a host of variable factors as to why our gut may become unhealthy. 
and this can even in, even stem from birth. You know, the the fact that I think the figure is around a third of of U.S. births are, are actually uh, cesarean section births, as opposed to through the vaginal canal. So cesarean births, children that are not breastfed, exposure to antibiotics. You know, these are just three of the many reasons why we end up with uh, a dysfunctional or unhealthy gut. Uh, but if we if we look at um, key aspects of our, of our brain, and, and people will be familiar with the term neurotransmitters, Frank, what does is, what is that conjure up? What's the image of neurotransmitters? My, my neurotransmitters is something directly like brain, brain to nerves or nerve to brains, I, yep. I would say. Yep, basically. So the, yep, it's, yeah, it's about brain activity. It's about yep, things moving through the nervous system. Okay. And in, in a simple way, though, the neurotransmitters are uh, parts of the body that produce chemicals that change the way we think, the way we behave, and the way we feel. And most neurotransmitters are actually produced in the gut as well as the brain. So the brain's not the only place that these neurotransmitters are, are created. This is the key to, to understand here. And in fact, if we talk about uh, a neurotransmitter that many people are familiar with, serotonin. Right. So serotonin is one of those sort of natural feel-good type neurotransmitters. Right. And it's essentially um, our body's own natural antidepressant, if you like. Well, well, ninety percent of our serotonin is in fact produced in the gut. Is that true? Well, and that's ten percent is produced in the brain itself. Because that's why, with my Parkinson's, I'm I'm curious as to the, the, that that nerve that you talk about. They say yeah. that one of the theories of Parkinson's is that it travels up that nerve. Up into your brain, basically. I mean, it's not yes, proven, but there's certainly discussion and 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 some 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 somewhat compelling evidence from what I've been able to see. It's certainly it's one of the reasons I was interested in doing this was because I was like, was it my gut? The the the, the whole you know. So yeah, where was yeah where was your the disease process for you, where did it originate? Yeah, it, it's a fascinating question. And yeah, the vagus nerve, I know there's, there's that research that we've, we've looked at that shows that when the uh, vagus nerve is actually severed in a, in a, um, a medical operation, um, there are changes in, in how Parkinson's manifests or if it actually manifests. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting factor. And I think the thing here is to consider that because we, we're aware that the sheer number of bacteria throughout our body outnumbers our own body cells, um, this is one of the reasons they have such an impact, not only on the gut, but on other parts of the body, and importantly, as we're talking about today, the, the brain. And uh, this is why the bacteria within our body actually control how we feel. So it's it's the influence of things like neurotransmitters, right? And um, 
and we know that from the research as well that that different bacterial strains uh, can work to enhance your memory to improve stress behaviors and even alter the level of stress hormones so this is just from altering the microbiome okay so it comes back to that thing that we've mentioned a few times frank is that when we're feeding ourselves we're actually feeding the rest of the team as well. We're feeding our internal friends. We're feeding our microbiota. That's, so that's what's put the fear of God better. into me. <laughs> so if we can feed them better, we're going to feel better in many, many ways. So this, right. you know, this whole gut brain access is, is really, really quite critical. And it, and it comes back to a, an area that I've sort of um, harped on about for many years to, to my clients. And, and we've just got to look at, you know, in the last hundred years or so, we've created thousands upon thousands of chemicals, all yeah. designed to destroy more, and kill. More coming every day. Yeah, you know, these things are designed to kill. You know, you look at pesticide, you know, the, the side part of CIDE, that means death, you know. So pesticides and herbicides uh, are used. So we've got this massive deforestation of both our environmental um, microbes but also our internal microbes through the use of antibiotics and medications of course so our our deforestation um right internally and externally is is having far-reaching effects and unfortunately most of those effects result in negative outcomes they have to be negative don't they and so this is why i, I believe that you know, restoring that relationship between us and our microbes is actually a really important thing to consider. Really important. And, and if we look at some of the figures uh, regards depression and anxiety and, and mental disorders in general, I think there's, there's a, approximately 13% of the general population experience some sort of mental health issue. And um, a significant part of that is, is the anxiety and depression that is unfortunately quite um, commonplace. So while anxiety and depression are, are two different conditions, they do have um, their own characteristics, but there are some overlaps and some common symptoms. And I guess in that way, my mind uh, is pretty clear that the underlying common link is right. gut health overall. So you're saying the common, a lot of different things and, you know, different, they're, they're on the same, they're somewhere on the spectrum. And, yeah, there's, and, there, and, there's things that overlap with both of those right. conditions, many of the mental health conditions. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, the gut is perhaps the, the common denominator. Because I'm really going to be pissed if this turns out to be all my angst and woes and worries. Turns out to be I could just took better care of my gut and I wouldn't have had a problem. Yeah, wouldn't that be pretty freaky? Yeah, it's. It'd be, you know, well, I'd be happy to fix it. I mean, I'm not here to argue. I just want it better. Like whatever. No, this is it. So, so it comes back to that whole that whole factor, Frank. You know, ninety percent of us is not even us. That's crazy. When you say that, that is so like, I, I still, I still, I'm glad you say that again, because getting my head around that is like, it's like, what? But when you say it, yeah. We're walking around and we're thinking we are us and we're in control. (laughs) Sorry guys. That's not really exactly how it is. Yeah. It's a fascinating, fascinating thing to consider. 
So yeah, anyway, back to the, the gut. So with an unhealthy gut or, or the term that we've used is, is a dysbiotic gut where there's a, an imbalance in the flora. Uh, is that what we're calling it these days? Well, we'll stick to microbiota. We'll stick to microbiota. Okay. So when we've got a dysbiotic gut, right. an imbalance, if you like, the, the, the result of that is inflammation. And inflammation occurs in many different ways and on many different fronts. And inflammation in this instance is not necessarily something we will feel as, as a red swollen joint or whatever. I'm talking about on a, on a cell level. We're getting inflammation happening within the body on a, on a low level scale. And many conditions... Uh, disease conditions in the body relate to some sort of inflammation. And once again, the science shows that uh, depression is associated with a variety of inflammatory conditions. Um, and then if we look at the other side of that, the, the presence of depression is in itself a risk factor for many other chronic illnesses. So Right. People with depression, for example, are more at risk of developing hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, asthma, arthritis, cardiovascular disease, and, and so on and so on. So once again, the gut and that inflammation is the underlying um, common denominator. Um, and, and I think here, Frank, we just take a little bit of a dive into inflammation, I don't want to get too technical, but there's, a, there's an immune molecule, if you like, that we call a cytokine, and cytokines um, are released by our white blood cells. That's, I wouldn't want to spell that after I had a few drinks in me. That sounds like one, <laughs> of, one, yeah. sounds like one of those words. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bit of a weird one. But, but anyway, it, it, it's released in the body as a result of some sort of stimulus. Okay. And it's supposed to be a regulator. So it sort of regulates what happens next in the body. But when there's this dysbiosis in the gut, these cytokines sort of become a little bit rogue and, and, and they start to do things differently. And this starts um, a, a whole cascade of, of inflammation. Okay. So yeah, that's what's happening on, in the cell level. But if we come back to, to I guess, the, the simple facts of what's driving that inflammation, guess what? Poor choices in regards to our modern lifestyle and diet. Okay. Well, way to make a guy feel uncomfortable, Gary. So thank you for uh, that. So, damn it. Damn it. It comes back to what we're eating and what we're thinking. But always right? do, it always does, doesn't it? It always does. We can't get away from it. You know, this is this is this is the underlying thing. So you know, we've already mentioned uh, that stress is a key factor in many conditions, and we know that stress is one of those factors that will disrupt that gut barrier. Remember, we've talked about the the gut barrier, the epithelial cells, and the mucosa yes. that lines. Yes. So we know that stress. Um, yeah, can disrupt this whole area. And inflammation, once again, is the end result of, of that process. And inflammation's no good anytime. I know that's when I was diagnosed, my uh, doctor was my neurologist. One of the first things she's like, 
you have to reduce inflammation at all costs anyway anyway like any way possible you know like yeah it's infl and inflaming your nervous system is just not a good thing not a good thing yeah so the you know, and, then, and we know that there are food choices that we can make that will be pro-inflammatory and there's food choices that we can make that are going to be anti-inflammatory. Yes, and unfortunately, the inflammatory ones taste better <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, yeah, and they're the more common, commonplace, you know, from your supermarket processed refined things in general. Yeah. So. And the weird thing, not to, not to go down a rabbit's hole, but... As a kid, we, we eat stuff all the time and there's no big deal. Like, why is what happens to you as a teenager well, or yeah, adult? You a, get fussy, you know what I mean? That's a whole different scenario, Frank, and, and we probably shouldn't go down there. Because, no, can we save that uh, for another one? Because that, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can, we can what actually I'm saying is... food comparison of something you might have eaten as a child in the 60s, and you can go and buy that same product from the supermarket today, and it looks the same. But my God, the ingredients will be completely different. Okay, so let's just put that aside. Yeah, just, just, because uh, <laughs> that's an interesting topic. Food. We are, what is food now compared to what it used to be? Well, what, what I was saying, Gary, is like as a kid, you, as a baby, you're just going to eat pretty, I mean, yeah, you're going to make faces and grimace, but you're pretty much going to eat most everything. Um, and all of a sudden, down the road, we get into these bad habits like, you're not eating. You're not eating potato chips or crisps or McDonald's as an infant, or you shouldn't be anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, how do I'm just thinking out loud? How do we get away from that? But I, you know, how did we get away from that? I want to keep on topic though and talk about this. So you're saying there's direct co coronate, co yeah, coronation. There we go, Frank. Correlation <laughs> between the 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 nerve. Save the nerve again, so people remember this always, always, always. The the Vegas, Venus, Vugas, the Vegas nerve, Yeah, the Vegas nerve is that key, key one. That's, uh, to know it is to love it. Key communication channel between the gut and the brain. Yep. Right. To know it is to love it. That's what we're talking it's, about. It's that key telephone line. Yeah. So, the, so yes, stress. Um, we were talking about stress. So the, we've got this hormone called cortisol, which is one of our key stress-related yes. hormones. Yeah. And... And even the introduction of um, you know, cortisol or too much cortisol in the, in the system can actually cause a change in the internal um, balance, which can result in bacteria that are actually in a friendly form to, to sort of morph into a slightly different form that's perhaps got more potential to cause pathogenic harm so that's a that's a really weird so that's where, not that's not a good thing is it yeah where you know we know we've got different types of bacteria and they all live in together but if we are eating the wrong foods or if we're too stressed and right. too much stress hormone then essentially it's the terrain internally is altered and the microbes that are friendly shift into an unfriendly form yeah, so this is the, the term that is often thrown around is the terrain where we've altered the terrain and as a result, the things that live there change to a slightly different form. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's an interesting theory, but it's shown to be um, quite true and active in, in a number of areas. So if you mess things up, it, um, you're, you're kind of causing, when you say alter the terrain, you're setting off these reactions that we don't, 
necessarily know about or maybe are not aware about and we set things into motion and that's that can be a problem yeah for sure yeah so and this is where um some practitioners work quite diligently to improve the internal terrain and by right. doing that the the not so desirable guys change back into the more friendly guys so so you yeah, can you're saying you can manipulate some of that yeah you can yeah this is i'm gonna write that down comes back to what we're feeding the system so you're you're proposing here i don't want to put words in your mouth but what you're saying is you can undo some of the damage and reverse engineer maybe is that the right word gary like reverse. Yeah, can. yeah yeah if 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 you've had a healthy system at one point and it's changed to an unhealthy dysbiotic system because of whatever um, right diet and lifestyle choices you'll be making the power is in your hands to to reverse that and take it back the other way and take it from you know an unhealthy dysbiotic system to a healthy um coherent system once again yep so we can change the terrain and we can change the bacteria back to more friendly dudes and i guess part of that uh, it's probably a discussion for another time but how long does that take um what can one expect what you know what what comes of all that if if, if, you, yeah, were, good if you were to do that questions. yep Good questions, and, and I guess with with what we're considering today about the whole sort of mood disorder, depression, that sort of thing. Right. Changes people can experience changes on that front quite fast. You know, if the right things are changed and the and the right support, and, and by that I mean generally in most cases it's going to be uh, nutritional and or um, herbal support. Right. These people can can often experience a change in their mood and their depression quite quickly. Quite so quickly for fairly, fairly um, soon and, and, and in some cases, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but dramatically is what you're saying? Yeah, possibly? for sure. Yeah. yeah, if we're able to tackle this inflammation and get the right things happening, yeah, people can go from, you know, one week to the next feeling like a whole different person. Whole different person, yeah. Wow. So... We'll just stick a little bit further into to this whole brain area because it is quite fascinating. And we know that you would have heard the term, the blood brain barrier. Barrier. Yeah, I sure would. I sure so would. Throughout our body, we've got a, a few of these um, barrier systems in place. And so they're just a part of our body's design regards protecting different areas or different organs or systems. And we've got, we've got a, a gut barrier system and we've got the blood brain barrier right and, and uh the thing to understand here is that that the blood brain barrier for example is designed to allow certain things in you know nutrients and good stuff right to keep keep the nasty crap the poisons and toxins and pathogens out so that our delicate brain tissue is kept safe so that's the that's the idea of, of the blood brain barrier we know that, that there are things that get through, however, and the reason they get through is because that barrier gets weakened. So we've, we know that many people are familiar with the term leaky gut syndrome, okay, where we've got that gut membrane that's damaged and, and allowing for stuff to flood through. 
Right. And now barrier systems in the body, and, and when we're comparing the blood-brain barrier with the gut barrier, they okay. have similar characteristics, if you like. And so the potential is that if we've got a dysbiotic gut, okay, and therefore the gut barrier has been damaged, because our brain brain barrier has some similar similar characteristics, we're essentially getting a weakening of that blood brain barrier as well. So we've got not only a leaky gut condition, we've got a leaky brain condition. Okay, and that makes so sense. Because of that leaky brain and leaky gut thing, and we know that we've got this interaction, you know, via the vagus nerve or whatever the nerves um, in the nervous system. So we've got the feedback going up and down, backwards and forwards, brain to gut, gut to brain. Right. And now we've got weird things happening because of the dysfunction of this barrier system. So when that brain... This is going to affect how we feel. So, so what we're saying is when that brain blood barrier, yeah, there we go, brain blood barrier breaks down, baby, we got problems. Like it, We do have problems. We do have problems. Yeah, we know how delicate our brain tissue is. Right. So, um, yes, we've got now, we've got this essentially communication breakdown full on and and so the signals that are going backwards and forwards via the vagus nerve are getting more and more disrupted and confused. So the body goes into quite a sort of weird state. And so we've got pathways that are... You have a mess big, on your hands, is what you're saying. Yeah, you've got a mess on your hands. Yeah, big mess, sure. big mess. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, the, we've, it's important to understand these little factors because it, it's all going on all the time. We know how complex and clever the body is. And right these these little aspects so the the blood brain barrier the inflammation the um dysbiotic condition yeah are all tied in together are all tied in together now the blood brain barrier there's a reason that it's good and a reason that we need it and Protect it. I'm talking as a layman, Gary. So, yep. If stuff gets good, stuff gets through. That's great. Bad stuff gets through. It's a goes without saying that it's a it's a, a problem and can very definitely negatively affect our health. So, what what are some things, real quick? Because this is going to be it. I have so many more questions for you. What are some? What are a few things that people can do to kind of start and i know it's probably always going to come down to the same few things but what are some things that people can do to to protect the um you know protect the the nerve and and and, and work with the gut say you have depression or stress or anxiety or any anything else you know what what can i do straight away well yeah obviously i would i would always being encouraging people to look at what they're eating, but there are some quite helpful uh, herbs and nutrients out there. Things, for example, like uh, people might be familiar with Siberian ginseng, uh, herbs known as rhodiola and withania, lemon balm, 
um, even omega-3 fatty acids, our good old fish oils. Uh, and, and I know fish oil. I'm saying it as a layman, but my fish oil right here. Wait, that's my flaxseed oil. Or am I going to be embarrassed if I don't have fish oil in at hand, Gary? <laughs> You've got it, Frank. It's there. I know it is. It's L-arginine, vitamin E, glucosamine chondroitin. It must be behind my flaxseed. So I've got my trusted flaxseed oil. We'll talk about this at another time. But I know fish oil, the omegas are really good for your brain, aren't they? Yeah, well, that one of the effects um, getting good amounts of omega-3 fatty acids in the system is they have an anti-inflammatory effect. So there's other areas that they work, uh, and, and the science shows you know, several mechanisms are potentially at play, but that's one basic one that we understand. Okay. So like, yeah, omega-3 fatty acids have an anti-inflammatory effect. High doses of vitamin C, vitamin C is an anti-inflammatory vitamin. Oh, I have that right here. Hold on, Jay. Okay. Where's my C? Um, Another one's other ones that you'll be aware of, Frank. Good old curcumin from from turmeric. Ah, turmeric is another. Right there, baby. Curcumin there and yeah. turmeric. So, Hundred capsules of the good stuff. You know, can can uh, result in in changes in mood and how people are feeling. So, um, and there's other ones as well. Yeah. Some people might find benefits from using a bit of lavender essential oil. Um, but uh, yeah, there's lots of things from the natural world that can uh, help with depression and anxiety. And, and they generally all come down to the fact that they're going to... There's my essential oils at my fingertips. I've got Brain Aid, Munchy Stop, Blues Buster, Rapid Relief, Energy, and Relax. All at my fingertips, Gary. So I wonder, wonder if uh, there's some lavender in that relaxed one. Oh, there's bound to be. Let's take a look bound here. Yeah. Bound to be. So, Gary, I'm wondering, is there like a resource, that little thing that you can type up for us? Um, you know, sure with yep. we've got we've got lots of data that that uh, can be put together in a in a helpful format that uh, I'm to, sure people would find quite easy to read and easy to understand. We're not we're not doctors, nor do we play ones on TV, but we'd like to sort of give people some suggestions to explore, some starting points, some some point of reference that they can say, hey, you know, let me you know these guys are mentioning these things. Let me do a little bit of digging and research about them and see where it leads me because it, the, the solutions I'm all for doctors and I love Western medicine and it certainly helped me, but you have to think out, you have to say, all right, so how did people live before all this stuff came out? And, it, and it, we've definitely advanced the lifespan. We could, there's no arguing that Gary, that we've no advanced the, the lifespan. And, and can I just inter interrupt here? Because what we know, once again, in the, in the medical literature, there's about 30% of those that are treated for depression and or anxiety that don't respond to, at all to the orthodox medical approach. 30% don't get any benefits from the drugs. So when you put three people in a room, one out of three just about yeah. is getting no benefit from the stuff no that they're taking. So these are the people that obviously I would suggest would most likely benefit from making changes on this level that we're talking about. Okay. And 
you know, people say, oh, it's going to cost me some money and stuff like that. But, you know, when your car needs a change of oil, you put oil in it. You know, when, like, it's just a matter of saying, well, what's important to me? And how can I, I have to eat anyway. So why not just buy good food instead of crap? And how much more could that possibly cost? Yeah. When, yeah. We, when we measure our help, I mean, you and I can get in a whole debate about, well, I can eat at McDonald's for $5. I can get a whole meal. What, what am I getting? Not to bash McDonald's per se, but it comes to mind. But like, you know, I can get this whole meal at McDonald's, a hamburger, fries, and a, and a, and a Coke, you know, fizzy drink. So why should I spend $8 to eat something healthy when I'm saving $3? And yeah, won't that, I'll worry about that later in this and that. Well, you know. Yep. There comes a time where, where, where the, the, the shortcuts with regards where we spend our money to feed ourselves, yeah, there'll, there'll be a payoff at some point. Yeah. So the chickens are going to come home to roost that in one way or are, another, Gary. They are. And, and just one final note, Frank, we'll go back to remember we talked about uh, the fiber in our diet being yes. beneficial for our microbiota. Yes. So those fibers, when the microbes, the bacteria feed on them, they produce what's known as short-chain fatty acids. So this is the importance of fiber. Those short-chain fatty acids help to reduce the, the leakiness in the gut and in the, the gut. brain. In the, and in the brain-blood barrier? Yep, yep, both, yep, in both areas. So Say those, that again, I'm gonna write that down. So the fibers in our diet. You said short, say it again. Yeah, short-chain fatty acids, SCFA. So those short-chain fatty acids reduce the permeability and the leakiness of both the gut barrier and the brain barrier. Hey, that's, Nora. That's something to explore. Yeah, so. Hey, I didn't even hear her come in. Look at, here's a cameo. I just had a cameo from Nora. My 10 and a half year old daughter that owns my heart, you little sneak, you're on camera, we're recording, so don't say anything nasty. <laughs> There you go. All right, show yourself out. We're recording. Seriously. I'll be done in five minutes. This is what I mean about working from home, Uncle Gary. It's madness. Yeah. All right, we're finishing up. Love you. Goodbye. Show yourself out before I call security. And they're home for the rest of the school year, Gary. This is going to work great, isn't it? School year, my God. Yes. That's a long time. All right, we're going to wrap up now, Gary, because I'm going to... I think we've covered that, Frank. Yes, I should <laughs> The apple didn't fall far from the tree, so you danced, <laughs> she danced herself out. All right. All right. We love you, Nora. Goodbye. See you. So, Gary, you're going to put together a reference um, point for us, a reference of a tear sheet, a fact sheet, and maybe a few key points that we can put up on the, um, the, the blog here, you know, for the, for the podcast, the supplementary material. Because you say this stuff. That's why I don't say much when you're talking, because my mind is like this and here and there, and I'm like, looking things up as we're talking and I'm writing things down and I'm like, wow, I didn't know this. And could that help that? And could this help this? I'm, I'm here to be the people's advocate. So if we can get, um, if we can get stuff up and um, just a little one page, one parrot, like where do I start? You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll see you guys next week. And Gary, thank you so very much for once again, bringing food for thought to the table here because it, it gets me to thinking, and I'm hopeful that we can, I'm going to talk about 
still have more questions for you on this, especially I'm curious about how reversing or neutralizing, whatever the word is, when I want to be sure what words we're using here, but how, so we talked about what I can take. I think maybe the next get together, we talk about what to reasonably expect. You know how you were talking about people with depression once they sort themselves out and you know, the 30% and they see some results right away. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about that when we start back up because that's, yeah, I think sure. that gives people hope. You know, what are some things that proper gut maintenance can help rectify or at least mitigate straight, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I pick up a bottle of curcumin and I'm hitting my omega-3s and I'm really loving on my gut. What are some health issues that can be, I don't want to say expected, but hope for um, improvement with? Maybe that, that's just food for thought for our next get-together? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's all about making improvements for people. So uh, Excellent. Yeah, if we can throw that in there, that sounds great. Right? Perfect. So we're never going to run into subject material, are we, Gary? Because you talk and my brain starts... My brain starts doing this twirl thing, and then it's like, all right, we've got another episode coming up. So, Gary, I want to thank you, good citizens of planet Earth. I want to thank you guys and gals for listening in. Gary, I wish you the best for you and your family, and we'll be back at it next week, yeah? Yep, you have a good week, Frank, and uh, yeah, we look forward to speaking again real soon to everyone. Magic. All right, see you, everybody. Have a good day. Bye.